0: The worst thing you can do is get involved with a client who is not ready to embark on this journey. Because what they're going to do is they're going to suck all the energy out of your team. They're going to suck all the energy out of themselves and you're going to fail. Probably one of the most common questions that I I get asked, like whether it's in podcasts or in... um, like strategy sessions with people, or they'll ask the question, you know, how do you sell digital transformation or, uh, how do you pitch it? You know, how do I, how do I pitch these ideas? You know, it's like, and yeah, I always have to say like, I don't sell digital transformation and I don't pitch anything. I have a conversation. Like the whole idea is get to the root of what a, person's problem, you know, what the company's problem is. You know, have this organic discussion. It's like every time I'm talking to someone, they're like, well, what what happens, what happens if they're not ready? You know what I mean? Like what not if what if what if you right, what if what if you're having the conversation <laughs> and it becomes obvious to you during the conversation that this this client isn't ready, they're, you know, they're gonna um you know they're they're gonna fail if they if you try to digitally transform, right? And the answer is nothing happens. You walk away. You know, the worst thing you could do is, try and do is try and do an engagement with someone who isn't ready. That's like the worst scenario for everyone involved. And one of the hardest parts the, or the thing that I'm having the, the greatest amount of difficulty conveying to people is getting them to change the way that they do business development. You know, business development isn't about trying to sell products and services to people at all costs. It is trying to find the person who, the company that needs your product and service. Like it's, it's like a matchmaking thing. And, and because when this isn't a project, you know, you know digital transformation is a strategy. It's not a project. It, it's almost a marriage in a lot of ways in our case, when we meet with clients, it's a, it's a two or three year when we first decide, Hey, we're going to go ahead and do this together. That's a, it's a two or three year commitment, you know, agile, you know, uh, Hey, we didn't, we don't draw out of, you know, we're going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We go, we know we're going to do A, B, C, and then we're going to reevaluate. And then we're going to do D, E, F, and then we're going to reevaluate. And, you know, with digital transformation, it's, it's not, you know, it's uh you're not selling it. It's you're solving a problem. You're using digital transformation to solve the biggest problems they have right now and lay a framework to solve all their future problems. That's what digital transformation is, right? And but I, I can tell you if you think about it today, right? Vaughn and I were talking about this. Mm-hmm. So I had a shot a podcast this morning with um you know with some guys. So I, sh- I was on somebody else's podcast. Then I had a strategy meeting with a potential. Uh, they're not a client. They're uh, they're another integrator. Had a strategy meeting, and then I have two. I had two other discussions. One was with a a client who's asking us to quote a project for them, a digital transformation project, and and then I had another project discussion. In all four of those conversations, the selling digital transformation question came up in every in all of them. In with the integrator we talked to this morning, the, the strategy session we had, it was, you know, how do you what happens if they don't want to move forward? Well they don't want to move forward. You want to find out during the business development cycle, you want to find out if they're ready. And if they're not ready, run. Run. <laughs> the worst thing you want to do is get involved The the worst thing you can do is get involved with a client who is not ready to embark on this journey because what they're going to do is they're going to suck all the energy out of your team. They're going to suck all the energy out of themselves and you're going to fail. You're going to ruin your reputation. You're going to, you know, um, we've had projects that we've worked on, um, where, you know, where it became very clear you know, we had a couple of them actually where it became very clear that politically the tides were changing. There was one one company we worked with that basically had two segments. You know, they had two digital transformation groups. Okay. This is a huge company, multi-billion dollar publicly traded. You know, everyone knows who they are. If I were to say their name, which I can't, but like in 18 months I can once the, (laughs) the expires, but the, uh, the, this, um, they had two digital transformation groups, one based in the United States and one based in Germany. Okay. And there was a holy war going on. Okay. So you had, there was a digital transformation initiative coming out of Germany and there was one coming out of the United States. One of the, the one coming out of Germany was solution centered. The one coming out of the United States was technology driven. Okay. Uh, one was based on, you know, just German solutions. For those of you that don't know, you know, Germans are incredibly nationalist when it comes to products. I mean, one of the first things Germans, they look to see, do, does another German company make this? And if the German company makes it, they buy that. They don't go outside the borders. That's not how it works in Germany. And that doesn't mean that the Germans don't make great products. They do. But what it's very important to understand is that economically, they're incredibly nationalist. So Germans work with German solutions. That's the, way, that's the way it is. So you had this huge push in, uh, in Germany for one solution. And then you had this huge push in the United States that was technology driven. Okay, both, both solutions were initially the way the engagement worked out for like the first 18 months. It was, you know, we basically had total control over what was going on in North America and China. Okay. And the Germans had control over everything that was going on in Europe. So in in Europe and Western Asia and Africa and the Middle East, they had complete control. We started moving ahead. (laughs) So there were limitations. Obviously, we we talk about the limitations to the solution-centered approach. So we started moving ahead. We started developing digital work instructions. We started developing recipe management. We started developing self-aware SCADA systems and their plating lines, which was really the game changer for them. And the Germans saw the writing on the wall, the German team. And so basically what happened was the German team pushed to combine the two groups together. Okay. And then they did everything in their power to get rid of what was going on in the States. And that's what happened. And that's a political war. You cannot, you know, when you get involved in those political wars, these things happen. Okay. It had nothing to do, had nothing to do with the merits, had nothing to do with which solution is the better solution. Okay. Um, they, it, it had everything to do with our solution was developed in Germany and, and it's with German software and it's with German hardware and it's, and so that's a political battle you're going to fight. And and we, and we as a team told our client, you know, we had this whole team here in North America that we were working with and we were architecting the solution with them. And, and, we, and they asked us, well, what do we do in this case? And I said, well, we have a conversation with the jury. And you know, we, we had meetings, we were having uh, weekly meetings and I think monthly meetings with their team. And I said, we just need to lay it out on the table and they said like really and i said yeah that's exactly what we have to do so we put together a presentation all centered around the unified namespace and where the beginning of the end for this project was we pitched the you know we laid out the architecture for the unified namespace what what the what the german team did was they presented an architecture that favored the solution centric approach okay and it was obvious what they were doing you know and And I, I drew up the unified namespace and I, we compared them and we had this whole meeting and they brought in people from Europe and all that jazz. And, and obviously, you know, I can be pretty convincing. So I was able to make a very compelling case that we needed to go the unified namespace route. And, um, and, and people were on board and everybody said the right thing in the meeting. And then, you know, a a new roadblock was put up in front of us. Okay. And, and, and by the way, let me say this, the, the people, when you get involved in political battles, people, you know, humans look out for their own interest. That's the way it works. Right. When you get involved in political battles, I think oftentimes it is too easy to just say, you know, the, the person who's fighting you politically is a bad person. You know what I mean? They don't like you or it's personal or whatever. no. They believed they were doing what was in the best interest of the organization. They did. They believed that the company should spend more money. They believed that the company should take longer to develop it. They should spend more money. And what they should focus on is known technology. They believed that that's what was in the best interest of the organization. But we know that that's not, I mean, that we know that that's not the optimal way to innovate in manufacturing. And how do we know that? Okay, and the answer is we know that from the companies who have, who operate on the bleeding edge in manufacturing. Okay, the Tesla model, the Tesla model of manufacturing is the model of the future. Okay, and I assure you, this client who went this route, you know, went the exact opposite way that Tesla has gone. You know, data silos. Right, data it's silos. Tesla, Tesla wasn't even allowed to build their manufacturing facility in Germany, and they started building it before they even finished approvals. And the Germans were offended that Elon would do such a thing or right. take such a risk. It's the it, epitome of that example right there. Go right, on. and it, and it, and it's in and, and you know it's the it's the this is an important point. German, they're some of the best engineers in the world are German engineers. Okay, but the Germans are what the, they're very similar to the japanese in that what they do is they look to uh, americans innovate right we try lots of different things we get bored we 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 innovate and we try new things we invent the stuff we're the inventors we come up with the idea we're the ones who stake our life savings on an idea and go broke germans aren't like that right german engineers aren't like that what they do is they perfect you know, they're in the art of perfecting solutions. And that has worked for a very, very long time, right? It's worked for a very, very long time. But 20 years from today, well, today, if you've got $100,000 to spend on a car, you don't buy a Mercedes. You buy a Tesla, okay? If you've got hundred grand to spend, you buy a Tesla. You don't, hey, don't say- drop... A BMW is is a really well built machine. Like when you close the door, they have perfected the engineering process. That's right. But the point is, is that, that isn't that isn't what digital transformation is. Digital transformation is innovation, right? It's not perfection. Digital transformation is about creating a process that allows you to innovate, it solves your problem today, and allows you to innovate. That isn't perfecting existing processes. They're two entirely different things right so what's important to note here is that when people ask me the question right and when people ask me the question how do you sell digital transformation and i've said this many times i don't i have a conversation i have a conversation and when i'm the first thing i'm trying to figure out is are these guys ready are, are they ready and and if they're not i just walk away I just, I'll get off. And Vaughn will tell you, I'll get off the call and go, they're not ready, man. And we just move on. And, and, you know, I had this, this conversation earlier, we got off a call with a client who's asking us to quote a digital transformation initiative for them. But it's in my first question, when they sent the RFQ and we read everything, they specifically asked us to do it. And I read the RFQ and I said, and I said to our, my engineering manager, hey, I need to have a call with these guys and ask some questions. The very first question was, how does this project fit into your digital transformation strategy, your overall digital tra- uh, strategy? And they said, we don't have one. And then I said, how does this project fit? You know, How is this project going to be a stepping stone to the next thing you do digitally? And they said, it won't. It's a standalone turnkey project. And I, and so then we asked all these other questions, blah, 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 blah. I went all the way through. Can we help these guys? Yes, we can help them. But when I got off the call, the first thing I said was, you know, this isn't, that's not, this isn't what we do. You know, this isn't our, there's any, there's 99% of integrators can go and do what, what they're asking you to do. And they'll charge you what you're, if you saw the price that we would charge you for this, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe the number. Because it's going to be a third or what everybody else charges you, you know. I already know what that, that that's going to be, and I even told them. I said, you know, just by the way that you guys wrote this RFQ, I can I I can come within fifty thousand dollars of what your quotes are going to be, and and I can tell you how much contingency they put in each quote too. And I I look like a lot of the this is a, I want to talk about the one of the things I really want to get into. We help a lot of new integrators, right? Or we help integrators who've broken off and created like a a digital transformation arm. We do a lot of that. But you know who we don't help? Traditional integrators. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. They don't think that their methods are dated. They don't think that. And I, I want to help them. There's a couple of integrators, especially like real big in the ignition space, who, you know, I've reviewed a lot of their proposals. You know, they don't know it, but the people they're giving proposals to are having me review them. And I reviewed their work. I reviewed their projects. And I can tell you, I'd be ashamed if I were them. I really would. I I would be ashamed. Um, There's one company in particular that likes to hold itself up as like, you know, elite developers and like they have great engineers. You know what I mean? I've been on calls with a lot of their engineers, but just the leadership in that company, you can tell they are just raping their customers. I mean, it is assault what they are doing to their client base. It's assault. There's no other way to describe it. You can tell that those guys probably write. You know, they probably expect 10 to 20 percent of their proposals to close. We have a 77 percent close rate. If we write a proposal, there's better than a two-thirds chance we're getting we're getting the project. We don't write a lot of proposals in a year. I think maybe 50, 40 to 50 total in the whole year. I'll bet you these guys write a thousand. I'll bet you they're they're pumping out. I'll bet you they're pumping out three proposals a day. They got to to stay in business because they are their numbers are it's crazy what they're charged people so much baked in so much contingency and you look at that and you think that's money wasted it's money that could have been used yeah. in digital transfer in other initiatives it's 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 nuts you know it's i could never i could never work for an integrator like that more than like a few months right it's yeah. it's yeah because eventually you just get it hurts you know what i mean it hurts i um, imagine you know, I say this, we're brain surgeons, right? And I, I say that, you know, integrators are brain surgeons, right? And, and, and so you need to act like it. But imagine, you know, you got something wrong with your brain. You know what I mean? If something happens to you, then your, your wife, your kids, your, your family, they're, you know, they're left without income, they're, you know, all that stuff, right? That's, that's what manufacturers are coming to integrators for. We want to keep our people employed. We want to keep them with their benefits. We want to keep taking care of their families, right? Imagine you go to the brain surgeon and that's what's on the line. And the brain surgeon, the first thing he thinks is, well, I'm not right for this patient. This patient isn't right for me, but I want the money. And he probably doesn't have a lot of options. He's probably not going to shop around. So I'm going to go ahead and charge him three, four, maybe five times as much as I can because I know he can afford it. And I'll make it so that he can't get other surgeries that he needs, right? You, you know, imagine if that were the approach your doctor took, right? Integrators do that all the time. All the fucking time. I was saying earlier today, could you imagine if we brought him, brought one of their guys on here, like their apps engineers, like especially the guys in Texas? No. I was on a call with those guys one time, and there was this one guy, I don't want to say his name, but he... He just absolutely blew up. He was completely wrong, totally wrong. Comp- and he and he absolutely blew up at me on the call. I mean, just blew up at me. And and I said, well, I mean, I understand you're upset, but that doesn't make you right. I mean, you know, if you what? I, get your put your facts together, come back and prove me wrong empirically, and I'll admit I'm wrong. He never called me back. By the way, we won the project. Um, and it was a home run. But I want to say this before we I got we have the staff meeting one minute. There was a guy, I don't want to say his name, right? There was a guy who was a Rockwell, new Rockwell guy. And he was one of the few people who defended Rockwell. I think he'd only been at Rockwell like maybe six, maybe eight months. And he actually wrote a post saying, Well, you know, Walker, I think you need to take a look at this. Rockwell actually is kind of going open. He don't think that no more. He, um, I think he's been there now like three years or whatever. We had a private conversation back and forth. He's completely jumped ship. He, and he likes all my posts when I, when we, when we hit, when we hit Rockwell over the head, he's given us the thumbs up, which is really just, you know, hilarious that, you know, but I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that later.